military wars, school shootings, political unrest and divide, geopolitical trade conflicts, the destitute, the hopeless, relational splits, fatal diseases, abortion, pornography, high suicide rates, death. These words and phrases, they make us want to go home and take a shower, don't they? Ready to pack up your things and leave? (laughs) Well, hearing these words and phrases, what do you think our world needs? What do we need as Christ followers? What do you need in your life? What do you need in your life? Well, if I'm an unfamiliar face to you, my name is Matt Volkman, and I'd like to greet my friends on the West Campus. Those of you also that are worshiping online with us, traveling for the holidays, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. A little bit about me. I am married to Julie. We have three kids, Austin, Addison, and Ansley. Austin works with me in my practice downtown. Addison and Ansley are in college. Our families attended Crossroads for 25 years And the last two years we've attended on our West Campus. I've been an elder here at Crossroads for 15 years, most recently as elder chairman. And I'm currently on sabbatical from the eldership. Many thanks to my elder brothers. I currently serve on our lead team here at Crossroads. I am the West Campus lead. This is a volunteer role for me. Julie and I work alongside our West Campus team, Kelly, and Ross and Krista, we've got a wonderful, wonderful team. I'm finishing a degree, a master's degree from Johnson University. It is a master's in New Testament with a concentration expository preaching. And I do preach once a month on our West Campus. And you're welcome to come join us. Come see us sometime. You don't even have to tell us you're coming. You don't even have to have a passport. (laughs) So we'd love to have you join us. We're so excited to see what God is going to do with our West Campus. But enough about me. (laughs) Enough about me. Let's talk about Jesus. This is our last sermon in our series, What Child Is This? And this series has highlighted the names of Jesus. These names describe his majesty, his greatness, his never-ending rule. And this is our last sermon For 2019, what an amazing year this has been for Crossroads Christian Church. Now, we're going to cover a whole lot of scripture today. So if you have that Crossroads Bible app, feel free to follow along under the events tab. And now let's read Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. One last time, one last time to center us for our message today. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on. And forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this Last week in our Christmas message, Phil shared from Isaiah 7, 14, 
The virgin will give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel. The prophet Isaiah foretold of the coming of this child, this little child. This is good news, folks. This is good news. Let's recap the last four weeks. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He is wise. He is compassionate. He is trustworthy. He is good. (laughs) He is full of grace and he is full of truth. Jesus is our mighty God. He is our strength. He's our warrior. He's our hero. He is our champion. He's our deliverer. Jesus is our everlasting father. He is eternal. He is loyal. He is our protector and he rules forever. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is the sent child. He is ever present. He is God with us. And today, today we will learn that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. This is the fifth name for Jesus. This name for Jesus is two words in the original Hebrew language. Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom, Sar Shalom. So first we'll discuss Jesus as Prince. Then we'll discuss Jesus as Peace. And then second, second, we will discuss the three distinct places that Jesus reigns as our Prince of Peace. So Jesus is Prince. Jesus is Sar. What does this mean? So in the original language, prince was the word for chief, ruler, captain, commander. It designates a position of authority, position of royalty, a sovereign birth, noble birth, a person of the highest rank. A prince was an heir, specifically a male heir to a throne. Princes were often used in the Old Testament to bring enemies together to unite enemies, for instance, by marrying the opposing king's daughter. The prince administers benefits to his people through his role in leadership and his role in government. And it's clearly, clearly a messianic title, uh, as is demonstrated in Isaiah 9, 6. So Jesus can be described as the prince of life. In Daniel 8, the prophet writes of the coming Jesus in end times, as the commander of the army of the Lord, the prince of princes. Peter and the apostles testify before the high priest in Acts 5.31. They testify about Jesus and they claim God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. Prince, (laughs) Prince is a timeless, timeless title. Our America, in America today, our culture is especially fond of princes and princesses. We're fond of kingdoms and dominions. Our world is obsessed with the Game of Thrones. <laughs> we have the Lord of Rings. We have the shows, the crown, the royals, reign. Disney has made an absolute fortune <laughs> off movies on princes and princesses, hasn't it? But what's most amazing to me is our obsession, our interest that we have as Americans in the British royal family. (laughs) What's that about? Prince Harry's the son of Prince Charles and Diana. We were all intrigued by the engagement and the ultimate marriage to that American girl, Meghan Markle. Remember that in May of 2018? So why? Why is that? Why do we as Americans care so much about what happens across the pond in England. Why is that? 
I think it's because we long for a prince. <laughs> we long for a prince. But the greatest story of all, friends, has absolutely nothing to do with the British royal family. The greatest story of all is from the Bible. <laughs> Jesus Christ, our prince, came to take for himself you and me. He came to take the church as his bride. He wants to be our ruler, our captain. He wants to be our commander. And as Christ followers, isn't it neat to know that we are heirs to his throne? He will come again a second time. He will come to rule. <laughs> and that brings hope. It brings hope to a hopeless world. Jesus is prince. Next, Jesus is peace. Jesus is shalom. What does that mean? Well, shalom, this may be a familiar word for you. You may have heard this word before. We touched upon it in our last sermon series in Matthew on the Sermon on the Mount. Shalom is the result of the flourishing life, the obedient life, the righteous life that's available to all of us through Jesus Christ. You may not realize, though, that shalom has a pretty broad meaning in the original Hebrew language. Shalom means completeness, soundness, welfare, salvation, health, safeness, satisfaction, peace. It is total well-being, prosperity and security associated with God's presence among his people. You see, shalom is so much more than simply a lack of conflict. Raldel Henderson I'm sorry, Raudel Hernandez is pastor of the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina. He says, I love this, the word shalom in the past was used for a perfect stone that had no cracks or a perfect wall that had no gaps. A city of people could live with such stones and walls in full and absolute protection, security, and peace. When something cracks, when sin creates gaps, you need shalom. You need shalom. In the Old Testament, shalom was linked to God's blessing, God's blessing with this covenant with the nation of Israel. This shalom, this peace, it was a gift. It was a gift from God, but it was conditional upon Israel's obedience. And throughout the Old Testament, we see Israel struggle. They fall out of the peace of God. They fall out of the blessing, the favor of God. But, but God is faithful. God keeps ushering them back into his peace, to his blessing. The message is a paraphrase of the Bible. And in the message, in the message, Jesus is called the Prince of Wholeness, the Prince of Wholeness. Matthew Henry, the great Bible commentator, writes, Jesus preserves the peace, commands peace, creates peace in his kingdom. He is our peace, and it is his peace that both keeps the hearts of his people and rules in them. He is not only a peaceable prince and his reign peaceable, but he is also the author and the giver of all that is good, all that peace, which is the present and future bliss of his subjects. Jesus is peace. So Jesus reigns as prince and his reign is marked by peace. Isaiah presents Jesus as royalty, 
comparing him to the person of Israel's great leader, King David. David led courageously. He won battles for the Lord. He slayed his tens of thousands, as scripture says. But, but Jesus is also characterized by Solomon. Solomon, you may know, is David's son. Solomon was Israel's king after David. And his rule was very different. His rule was marked by peace. Solomon was known as the man of peace. Solomon reaped the benefits of the military successes of his father, King David. Isaiah envisioned Jesus, not, not as one person, but as two people, two people, David and Solomon, wrapped up into humanity as this little child, this child that will come to rule in peace, this child that will bring rest to the world. So where does Jesus reign as Prince of Peace? <laughs> well, I remember when I was in Sunday school, a Sunday school teacher told me, Jesus is everywhere. Jesus is watching you. Kind of like if you take Sally's cookie, Jesus is gonna know. He's gonna know. And I don't think we should envision Jesus as an eavesdropper trying to catch us doing something wrong. That doesn't seem to make sense. But there are three distinct places where Jesus's reign as Prince of Peace is experienced by us. First, Jesus is Prince of Peace on earth. Jesus rules on earth now. He's here now, right here. His kingdom is now. He came as a child, just like Isaiah said he would. He was born in Bethlehem. He was greeted by the heavenly host of angels. Luke says, the angels praise Jesus singing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You see the world that Jesus born into was born into, it was chaotic. It was chaotic. There was conflict between the Jews and the Gentiles. There was oppression by the Romans. The Romans ruled the land at that time. Just a few decades after Jesus was on earth, the Romans destroy Jerusalem. Jesus brought peace. <laughs> he brought peace into his world. He desires peace. Jesus teaches peace. Jesus lives out peace. His sermon to the disciples on the mountainside, his sermon uh, promotes peace. He says in Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. Jesus longs for his disciples to carry out peace on earth after his time on earth is done, after he ascends to heaven. He leaves behind the Holy Spirit as an act of peace to assist the apostles in their establishment of the early church. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The apostle Peter brings peace uh, through Christ in the household of Cornelius. Cornelius was a soldier from Caesarea. And Peter claims in Acts 10, 36, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Jesus desires peace in relationships. He desires harmony 
in relationships. He desires goodwill in relationships. He desires rest in relationships between men and between nations. And at that time, specifically between the Jews and the Romans, Jesus came to earth to unite them, to reconcile Jews and Gentiles through himself. The apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 2.14, for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. So how about our world today? (laughs) Our world hasn't changed much, has it? Times aren't much different than they were during the times of Jesus. I opened our sermon with words and phrases that demonstrated need. I asked what the world needs, what we need as Christ followers, what you need in your life. We need Jesus. We need peace. We need the Prince of Peace in our life. We need this. We need the peace that he provides. It doesn't come from anywhere else. While Jesus is Prince of Peace on earth, unfortunately, much of the earth doesn't recognize him. Much of the earth doesn't follow him. The world wants peace without a prince. Jesus rules now, but not, as we know, in perfect peace. (laughs) That, that is to come. Nonetheless, Jesus is present now amidst the brokenness, amidst the chaos, amidst the darkness. Jesus manifests himself, reveals himself as Prince of Peace. And he does it in so many beautiful ways. Perfect example. Jesus reigns as Prince of Peace right here, right here at Crossroads Christian Church. We recognize everything we do, all that we are. It is all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus, our Prince of Peace on earth. Amen? Amen. Well, Jesus is not only Prince of Peace on earth. Jesus is Prince of Peace in heaven. Jesus rules in heaven. His kingdom is in heaven. He is in heaven right now, just like he is here right now. That bends your mind a little, doesn't it? Even more important for us, Though we can have hope, we have hope that he will come again in the flesh to rule in fullness, to rule in perfection, to rule in completion, to rule in absolute peace. His kingdom is now and his kingdom is not yet. The prophecy of Isaiah has in mind both his first coming and his second coming when he will rule forever. Isaiah promises peace. He promises peace in the messianic age, the last days, the end times. The nation of Israel knew all about conflict. They knew about a perpetual lack of peace. The nation of Israel experienced bloodshed, captivity, destruction, exile, persecution. The Israelites in the days of Isaiah, they longed for this peace. They rested in the hope of a savior that come to rule, come to destroy their enemies, bring perpetual peace, bring perpetual shalom. Scripture points to a new heaven 
and a new earth when Jesus comes a second time. The revelation of Jesus seated on his throne appears no less than 45 times in John's book of Revelation. Go ahead and flip to the, go ahead and flip to the, to the end of your Bible. We win. We win in the end. We are victorious in the end. And it has absolutely nothing with we have, what we have done. It has everything to do with who Jesus is as our Prince of Peace. Jesus rules forever. He rules forever. And because of that, our hope, it is not in vain. Isaiah writes of this future kingdom of Jesus. He writes of this messianic age in Isaiah 11, six through nine. I think this is just a perfect picture of what heaven looks like. Isaiah describes a time of peace among all God's creatures. Starting with verse six. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat the calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child, a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We can have absolute faith in the peaceful rule of Jesus in heaven. In his last week on earth, Jesus teaches his disciples. In John 16, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. What hope, what hope that is. There will be no sin, no war, no pain, no fear, no sickness, no poverty. John Calvin writes, the coming of Christ will be the cause of full and perfect happiness, or at least of calm and blessed safety. And I'm reminded of this hope and the loss of a loved one. My guess is many of us here at Newburgh or those worshiping on the West Campus or worshiping online, many of us have experienced the loss of a loved one. My mother passed away six and a half years ago on Mother's Day. And I remember standing by her bed with my father and my brother and my sister as she drew her very last breath. <laughs> And in that moment, I envisioned her kneeling at the feet of Jesus, sobbing uncontrollably, but not tears of sorrow, tears of joy, because she had finally seen her savior. She had seen Jesus. She had no more cancer in her lymph nodes, no cancer in her bones. She could walk again. She could talk again. And in that moment, I was not experiencing sorrow. I was experiencing joy. I had this intense feeling of joy, this intense feeling of hope, because I knew that my mother was experiencing perfect peace. She was experiencing the eternal peace with Jesus, her Prince of Peace in heaven. 
Yes. <laughs> Jesus is Prince of Peace on earth. Jesus is Prince of Peace in heaven. And Jesus is Prince of Peace in hearts. Jesus is Prince of Peace in hearts. May I ask you, does your life reflect the reign of Jesus as Prince of Peace in your heart? How about your finances? How about how you love your family? How about your work life? Now, the natural thing for us to say is, I'm my own prince. I'm my own ruler. I'm in control. This is my game. I'm my own boss. <laughs> and I get that. I get that. I've led much of my life with that mindset. I've worshiped myself. I've worshiped my own personal goodness, my own successes. <laughs> and along the way, friends, I've come to a profound, profound conclusion doesn't work. <laughs> it does not work. I do not have peace in my heart unless I have Jesus in my heart. With the promise of the coming of Jesus in Isaiah 9, 6, God is correcting the order and the position of our worship from ourselves, from creative things to Jesus. Jesus rules in justice. Jesus rules in love. In Christ, there's no more pretending to be someone that you are not. No more chasing after completely useless things, things that don't matter. No need to worry about prosperity. No need to worry about adversity. No need to worry about tomorrow. With the Prince of Peace in your heart, you are free. You are saved. You're redeemed. You are reconciled. Raudel Hernandez says, God saved us from ourselves to himself, through himself, by himself, and for himself. Herbert Stevenson writes in Christianity Today, Prince of Peace speaks to the deepest need of the humanist heart deepest need of the human heart. It is utmost comfort and reassurance to every believer individually and the people of God as a community. Jesus makes the incomplete whole. Jesus brings the fracture to full, full restoration. Jesus makes well those that are ill. Jesus brings blessings to the curse. Jesus provides favor for those that are filled with anger, those that are filled with enmity. Jesus helps those that are non-compliant, those that are disobedient. He helps them to obey. Jesus brings rest to the weary and the restless. Jesus replaces conflict with everlasting peace. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Scripture is filled. It's filled with the benefits of having the Prince of Peace in your heart. Let's start with the Old Testament. Isaiah writes in Isaiah 32, the fruit of righteousness will be peace and its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. King David writes in Psalm 37, consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits for those that seek peace. Isaiah writes of the coming Jesus, the suffering servant, in Isaiah 53, five through six. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed 
for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The New Testament, the New Testament is filled with passages about the peace found in Jesus. Paul writes in Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul writes later in Philippians 4, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, Paul writes in Colossians 1, 19 through 20, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. I'm going to bring this even closer to home for us. (laughs) Jesus, the Prince of Peace, has carried us over the last 18 months. As we end 2019 and enter into 2020, I can't help but reflect upon the journey of peace that I have been on personally. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, the fall of 2018, that was the most difficult time of my life. After our leadership changes in in August of 2018, we embarked upon a very, very challenging time here at Crossroads. Along with my fellow elders and our lead team, as elder chairman, I bore, I bore a huge burden for the protection, for the leadership, and for the shepherding of our Crossroads staff and our congregation. Countless staff meetings, countless congregational announcements, conflict, conflict with those that had departed, brought fear. It brought anxiety. It was very difficult. Minimal sleep. (laughs) Minimal sleep for me personally. I had to try to balance church. I had to balance family. I had to balance my work life. But, (laughs) but Jesus reigned as Prince of Peace in my heart. (laughs) He reigned as Prince of Peace through my wife, Julie, who supported our church, who supported me with grace and the strength He reigned through my fellow elders, banded together to bolster hope. He reigned through loyal members of our congregation who provided well wishes, who provided encouragement. He reigned through others, people that I didn't even know, who were simply following and trusting Jesus. Jesus reigned through his words. He reigned through scripture that directed me that guided me. And finally, he reigned through answered prayer, through the absolute reliance and faith that he would provide, that Jesus would provide. I knew then, and I know now, this was his plan. His plan, not ours. It's his will, not mine. This is his church, not man's. It's not man's church. 
after the last 18 months, I have no doubt there's absolutely nothing that Jesus cannot do for our church. There's absolutely nothing that he can't do in me. I can testify. I can testify full throated that Jesus reigns in hearts. He reigns in hearts. <laughs> so how about you? How about you? Does Jesus reign in your heart? Are you wrestling with an unsettled heart? Is there a war brewing inside you? Do you feel like there is something wrong, that there's something missing? Do you have fear? Do you have anxiety? Do you have relationships that are broken? Well, I have an invitation. <laughs> I have an invitation for you today. Rest in Jesus as Prince of Peace in 2020. Rest in Jesus. Jump off that never-ending treadmill of self-sufficiency. I'll just say it. You can't do it. You will fail. You will fail. I have failed every time I've tried to be my own prince, every time that I've tried to be my own boss. Turn it over to Jesus. His promises, his promises are true. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 29, Jesus says, come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and I am gentle in heart, and you, you will find rest for your soul. You will find rest for your soul. Could 2020 be a new year of faith for you? Could it be a new year of rest for you? We want you to grow in your faith at Crossroads. We want you to live and love like Jesus with three principles that are guiding you, full and absolute dependence on God, making disciples and engaging the hopeless and the vulnerable through gospel transformation. Those are our guiding principles. We're gonna go through the entire book of John, verse by verse this year. Will you join us? The book of John is all about Jesus, the life and person of Jesus Christ. Come join us on this journey. Come join us. Will you join us? Will you rest in Jesus as Prince of Peace in 2020? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are good. You sent your son Jesus for us. He is our Prince of Peace. He reigns on earth right here, right now. He reigns in heaven and he reigns in our hearts. We give you praise for that, Lord. We thank you so much for what you're doing in our body and in our church. We ask your blessings upon us as a congregation in 2020. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.